the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. going to talk a little bit about retirement plans for businesses. Tell me do that today. CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Doing well. Now, you and I both are business people, and we didn't count on IBM to give us a nice 401k, to give us health care benefits, to give us future raises. You and I both started companies that we got to do that on our own. Um, with that being said, it's kind of intimidating. I remember that's one of the areas where I was like, I just want to manage other people's money. I, I don't have time to do my own. I just want, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. When you get to the point as a self-employed person where you need, you know, somebody to do your, your QuickBooks, your payroll and all that other, you know, it's, there's a lot to it. I mean, if we go backwards to the idea and I've been self-employed since I was 19 years old. And one of the things you have to realize before you make that step into the world of, you know, from employee to owner is how much more you have to make just to make the same amount of money. All right. Okay. I mean, a lot of people don't think about that because they think about the revenue that comes into them as a, you know, sole, sole proprietor, as a business owner. And it sounds like a lot of money, but when you are an employee, of another firm, you have health insurance benefits typically. You have a 401k match. The employer is paying half of the FICA, which and we just we don't need to get into the specifics of the numbers, but FICA is about 15%. Okay? okay. So when you work for somebody, they pay half, you pay half. When you work for yourself, you pay the whole thing. So between the health care costs, the 401k, the other benefits that you lose out on, the first thing you have to realize is you go from an employee to a owner, you have to make about 25 to 30% more money than when you are an employee just to break even. And all too often people end up, you know, leaving their job and they become two positions, the boss and the employee, and they have twice as much work without twice as much pay because they didn't do it with a business plan and they didn't do it with their white eyes wide open. Now, with that being said, there's a lot 
here to hit upon. There's some new laws from the Department of Labor. There's some laws that you don't want to give your employees bad advice, and sometimes you have to counsel them, and sometimes you have to not counsel them. Um, there's a lot going on, and again, you're dealing with people who are sometimes 20 and starting their own business, to sometimes people in retirement and starting their own business, um, to obviously make ends meet in retirement because they didn't save enough at that point in time. Uh, yep. What do we need to know about the average person out there? Well, if we're gearing it, you know, towards business owners okay. at this point, and they're trying to really focus on, okay, I've got a company, I'm running it, but I also need to save for retirement because most of the time when we, when we deal with owners of companies, the majority of their net worth is tied up into their business. And there's, you know, always a chance that that business could go under or it could have a cash flow crunch problem or something else. So you need to create some liquidity in your life and you need to do a couple of things as a business owner. Don't forget about disability insurance because not only now does your family depend on you to be able to earn a living, but also your employees do. So as a business owner, you tend to need to get disability insurance to cover your income for your family, but also overhead disability insurance so that if you're you know, snowboarding or skiing and you get severely injured, uh, people ride motorcycles, whatever it may be, that the lights are still kept on and the paychecks are still sent out. Now, quick question. Recovery. Quick question about disability insurance. I've always thought that it can't really be oversold, that it's right. tied towards a certain percentage of your income. It's tied towards a little bit of the mathematics of how much you weigh, your blood, things like that. Yeah. Um, but let's say you get healthy. Can you get disability reissued at a lower rate? Well, um, not typically. It's really more age-based than okay. anything else. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, it's 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 going to go up as you age. And basically what happens is you typically get a policy and you get one that um, as you progress through life, it gives you offers to be able to buy up more insurance. And those are the best kind. But you can't really be oversold. I mean, the most you're going to get typically is about 70% of the most of your income. And as a business owner, you typically do not want to write the disability premiums off because if you do, when you get disabled, it's taxable income. So if you buy the disability insurance with after-tax money and you become disabled, it's tax-free. Um, so the personal disability insurance, don't write it off. The overhead, you can write it off. The other thing is don't forget about a succession plan. Your whole idea of running a business is so you can at some point build it up, sell it, and retire very, very happy. That means you have to have a succession plan. There's too many businesses that just – the owner works and works and works, and then they pass away or they get to the point of retirement, and they, they, they might lose steam, and they might not have the desire anymore to try to sell the company or to groom somebody much younger that they can't connect with. So by the age of 50, you should think about, am I going to sell the business um, through a broker? Am I going to raise somebody up to take it over and buy me out over five or 10 years? Am I going to sell my business through an ESOP plan where the employees have the ability to buy shares through the retirement plan? That's an employee stock option plan, ESOP. Um, so a lot of those things that, that when it comes to your retirement, you really have to look way out into the future and always keep that in discussions for your annual planning reviews and what are you doing this year to move towards a succession plan. Now, we're going to get into more details as the show goes on, but I remember starting my own business, and this is just a, a fond memory that you just jarred from me. Um, I was doing it in the mid-'90s, and tech stocks were on the rage, and I was investing in tech stocks for clients. I was managing their portfolios. These tech stocks were going up. My pay was going up. 
this these tech stocks in theory were paying for my car, my apartment, my house, my lifestyle. And then when it comes to a retirement plan, I didn't buy tech stocks. And that's kind of a hypocrite of me because I didn't want to like – and if someone had asked to see my portfolio, they probably would have been very disappointed to see Bank of America. Um, you know, uh, there was a healthcare company called um, HBO, which wasn't the cable company, but it was a healthcare company. Um, and it was one of the very first stocks that I owned. And I had mutual funds that were pretty diversified. Uh, you get the idea. What do you think about the idea of of the? I've I've heard it on radio before. I've heard people say, you know, we're buying the very same stocks that you are. Yeah. It seems to me to be not a good idea. No, no. I mean, here's what I see a lot. Okay. So you get doctors, and doctors, they are in the medical field, and so they're investing in every single new medical device that's coming out that might be the next greatest thing or the next, uh, you know, the biotech company. And so not only are they getting their paycheck from the medical field, but then they're turning around and aggressively investing in an area where there's typically one home run out of 10 and the other nine are failures. Okay. And so they end up kind of working backwards. So the, the one thing that you have to talk about as a business owner is don't just because you know your industry really well, don't overweight your portfolio in that area. Um, people tend to invest in what they think they know better than anybody else and they forget about cycles. So if you're in you know, some one industry, make sure you're not overweight in that industry in your portfolio in terms of the same sector. Uh, so get diversified. And also, if you have partnerships, make sure you're dealing with things like buy-sell agreements, um, where if one person passes away, there's liquidity created to buy out the spouse of that dead partner, and you can move on with the business. It's very important to have those types of things done before you figure out what stock you're going to invest in next. Thanks very much. You can meet us at the QuickBooks online event, or you can meet us at the QuickBooks event. Um, in San Jose, it's quickbooksconnect.com. It's quickbooksconnect.com. And the password to get in 50% off is connect. Uh, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week in San Jose. Quickbooksconnect.com. Password is connect. Now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back again. CFP Chad Burton from New Focus Financial is joining me today to talk a little bit about being a small business owner or being a business owner that grows bigger. You need a team of consultants to help you along the way. You can't do it all. Even if you try, you'll only do things so well. So that's important to note. Let's talk, Chad, a little bit about the actual investment mistakes in terms of putting money somewhere else besides the business. Yeah, don't forget people can get more details on this and see us live on Tuesday at the QuickBooks Connect um, event that we're speaking at. On the same stages as like Michael Phelps and Ava Longoria, you know, no big deal. Tony Hawk, one of my childhood heroes. <laughs> so make sure you can check out QuickBook Connect 2016 if you want to get in for a 50% discount. It's, use connect as the uh, keyword on that. But 
You know what terms of you know what Ava Longoria and I have in common? Absolutely nothing. We're incredibly beautiful people who started businesses. Mm, okay. Yeah. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. Yes. I don't think there's uh, any bikini bombshell pictures of Rob Black on the on the coast, you know, in the sand. There's the one time that makes there, me gag a little. There was one time in Halloween that I dressed in as Princess Leia with Jabba the Hutt, but we'll try to forget that. I'm dead sexy. So at the, at the conference, you can challenge Shaquille O'Neal in uh, Game of One on One. Just dribble underneath his legs. He won't even be able to reach me. Like kind of like Dave Chappelle and Prince. <laughs> we'll have pancakes afterwards. Okay, so let's move on to the mistakes. All right, all right. Well, I mean, we're, we'll talk a little bit about getting money away, putting putting away pre-tax, and the right type of retirement plan for your business. So we'll, we'll kind of get into that because obviously, once you start making a lot of money, you want to get money put away pre-tax, so you're not you know paying a lot. But let's face it, a lot of times early on. As a business owner, your adjusted gross income isn't super high because you're building. You got a lot of expenses that you get to write off, so you're typically eligible to fund a Roth IRA. So fund a Roth IRA while you can for both you and your spouse, even if they don't work. Um, the great thing about a Roth IRA is you're putting in after-tax dollars that grow tax-free for retirement, but at any time you can get your contributions back out without any taxes or penalties. So if you go through a great recession that you have not prepared for and you end up having cash flow issues and you've got to keep your business alive, uh, you can't be stupid about doing that. If it needs to fail, it needs to fail. But if you just hit it at the wrong time, there's, there's some liquidity there that you can create with the Roths. And again, I want to stress, don't forget to sector diversify. If you're in the medical device field or if you're in you know, software security, if you're in something, don't just invest in that sector. Get out and invest in just diversified, broad-based uh, ETFs and index funds for your first 250000 outside of your business. And the problem is, Rob, is that it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing. People start the, their businesses because they're entrepreneurs, right? Yeah, sure. So entrepreneurs in general nature are they're positive thinkers and pretty aggressive in what they do. They tend to think, oh, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. And that's what, you know, you've got to have a positive attitude. And a lot of times they end up taking a bit too much risk in investing. So keep your investing uh, not not boring, but just general. Keep it, you know, stick to the rules that have worked for people like Warren Buffett. When it comes to your company, go after it. You know, be aggressive, be smart, and you're taking a risk because you're an entrepreneur. But you don't need to do the same thing with your investing. So create liquidity in your life. That's another thing that business owners forget to do is that everything's locked up into their business. They're reinvesting in their business constantly. They might have a $6 million net worth and $100,000 of liquidity. That's very common for business owners. Um, So make sure on a systematic basis outside of your business that you're just sending, you know, a couple hundred bucks away, eventually a couple thousand bucks away on a monthly basis into a tax efficient portfolio. And when tax efficient, that's typically a regular brokerage account where you're investing in large cap and mid cap index funds. Just index funds or ETFs, which are index funds that trade like stocks, mm-hmm. you can buy them without any trading costs at Schwab, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade. TD Ameritrade is my favorite. Um, but you can, you can create that tax-efficient portfolio that doesn't have a lot of annual tax bills to it and get a lot of liquidity because at some point, you're going to need that liquidity, whether it's a recession 
whether it's, hey, all of a sudden there's a big real estate correction. Why not buy the building that your business is operating out of, put it into an LLC and pay yourself rent and get a lot of write-offs for doing that? And in order to do that, you need the down payment, right? Sure. Well, it's hard to get the down payment out of your corporation without paying a bunch of taxes on it. But if you have it in a brokerage account, um, there's, there's, a, there's actually some specific types of loans that you can take on that stock to buy that real estate. Um, so there's a lot of options that you get out of life as a business owner once you create more liquidity. And unfortunately, Rob, I think a lot of business owners fail to do that. Absolutely. Taking a look at that list, um, you know, I certainly didn't have a lot of liquidity, and I didn't have any life diversity as well. Um, and that ultimately kind of snuck up on me and kind of hurt my, my uh, life as well. Uh, but we'll talk about that at a different uh, point, so to speak. Should we talk about investing tax efficiently? What does that mean? Yeah, so when you look at different types of investments, and let's just compare, for example, a large cap fund versus a small cap fund, okay? Mm -hmm. So a good large cap fund, um, 90% of the managers out there in the large cap U.S. stock space cannot outperform the S&P 500. Right. And the way that the S&P 500 works or some other variations of that index is that you have only one change per year to that index where maybe two or three stocks are kicked out of the index to be replaced by two or three new ones. A lot of times that happens because of a merger and acquisition where two S&P 500 companies, you know, merge together and all of a sudden there's only 499 companies. So one more has to be added or, 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 you know, a company just isn't relevant to the index anymore. So they kick it out. Now, when that happens, there's a transaction and maybe one, a couple buys and sells. So very little replacement of stocks that cause capital gains. Okay, so there are very little ongoing tax consequences besides paying taxes on the dividend that you get, which is about two percent um, right now dividend yield, and that's taxed at usually fifteen percent. Now, a small cap fund, you know, what, what do good small cap companies do? A grow. Exactly, they grow. Um, and they're either acquired or they become mid-cap companies. Um, and also, in the world of small businesses, things change rapidly. One minute. So what could be a good company in January, the stock market buys it, bids it up you know, 60%, and then it becomes overvalued, and, and a good small-cap manager will get that out of the portfolio um, you know, maybe six months after the, they, they originally bought it. There's a lot more turnover. So you might have 30, 40% turnover in a good small cap fund, and that would cause a lot of taxes. So that's the type of stuff that you buy in your retirement accounts where you buy your large cap stuff in your taxable accounts. Sounds good. And we need to run to break right now, but when we come back, we'll talk more about business owners and funding their own retirement. We're going to be at the QuickBooks Connect show Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We'll be there Tuesday. You can sign up for the event, get 50% off. With the password connect, it's quickbooksconnect.com. More information at the website. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, we've begun the initial descent. And now it's time to pull up on the wheel.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. It's Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Joining me is CFP Chad Burton talking businesses and the QuickBooks Connect event that he and I will be speaking at along with Shaquille O'Neal and others, Michael Phelps. Um, pretty good agenda, so to speak. You can sign up for the event, get 50% off by using the password connect at quickbooksconnect.com. Mr. Burton, we're talking about small businesses and retirement plans. We kind of last left off with being tax efficient and investing in a taxable account. Um, should we move on to the old insurance agents who pitch investment plans? Um, yeah, but first we have to, I mean, we've got to talk about my goals for this event is to have a beer with Tony Hawk and get uh, autographed from Simone Biles for my daughter and wife. So we have, I mean, professional skateboarder Tony Hawk, Shaquille O'Neal, Simone Biles, the world champion, probably the best gymnast that's ever lived. Um, all at this event, so it's going to be pretty cool. Should be a nice event. So, yeah. You're stoked. I am, I am, especially if I get the chance to hang with Tony Hawk. I'm getting the feeling Tony Hawk sees me, and he's going to be... Um, who's that with Rob Black? Because <laughs> he and I hang, he knows me. Uh, I'm going to help him find Animal Chin. Anybody that used to skateboard knows what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. The search for Animal Chin. I mean, that's really what sparked skateboarding. So anyway, um, going on to, you know, if we're talking about tax-efficient investing, too, for business owners. So the idea is that, yeah, definitely max out their retirement plans, but create liquidity in your life by investing in, uh, just starting out by investing in index funds for your first $250,000. Just really like anybody, but liquidity is even more important for business owners, um, don't overweight in your sector when it comes to investing. So stop investing in just the sector that you operate your business in. And then look for opportunities to buy real estate on big dips, um, especially if it's the building that you work in. That can be a very tax-efficient strategy. So the idea there is that a business owner um, uh, you know, might operate their company as an S-corp. And if they buy the building that their company operates out of, they actually create a different corporation, an LLC typically. And uh, the S-Corp pays the LLC the rent, and there's a whole bunch of things that you can do tax-wise um, to get extra write-offs from that. So you go from you know, paying rent to actually eventually owning that building that you're working out of. Um, but do it when it's a good time to buy it. Don't do it just because you want to own the real estate. You've got to say, okay, if I wasn't the renter of this property, would I still want to own this property? Um, and if, while you can, as a business owner, if you, you know, once you, when your income is hopefully it eventually be so high, you you aren't eligible to fund a Roth, but fund a Roth IRA while you can. Okay. Um, the cap limit on a Roth IRA right now is about one hundred eighty-three thousand. I don't have that number right in front of me because it changes a little bit each year. But once your adjusted gross income, married filing jointly hits over the 180 mark, you start phasing out of the ability to f- make a full Roth IRA contribution. And what happens if you make too much for the Roth? Can you do a backdoor Roth? You can, but it's, it's, uh, it, it gets very complicated. So the idea of what's called a backdoor Roth IRA is where you fund a regular IRA account and you make a non-deductible contribution to that IRA. Okay. Um, to, to prove that you made a non-deductible contribution, you have to file a form 8606 with your tax return. And then you can eventually convert that to a Roth and not pay taxes on the amount that you put in and didn't deduct. So it's kind of a, a two-step process to fund a Roth. 
if you have other IRAs, it's not a tax-free process. It can get complicated. Um, and the other issue is that if you fund it and then turn around and convert it to a Roth the next day, you run the risk of the IRS calling that a step transaction and challenging your ability to do that. So you have to be careful on that. The, the kind of the backdoor Roth IRA is, it's not, it's a little bit questionable if you do it the wrong way. So be very careful with that one. Okay. Should we move on? Yeah. Life insurance agents? Have we hit on that? Um, yeah. I mean, if, I mean, first of all, you get business owners, like I mentioned before, they need the disability insurance, they need term life insurance, they need buy-sell agreements. The problem is they end up starting to take investment advice from their life insurance or their insurance agent. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong thing to do. Because the first thing that they'll talk about is how awesome life insurance policies are to invest in and then be able to pull a bunch of money out tax-free. And they're doing that because they make 50 to 100% commissions on what you put into these things in the first year. Right. And then they'll also end up putting their 401k into a group annuity, and then all of a sudden their employees are paying about 2% in annual fees, and they don't even know it. Um, so be very, very careful. The only time that life insurance ends up being a good investment for people is, number one, when you're one of the top wage earners in the U.S. So you're talking about you're in the, nine, in the 1% range. The, the, the people that are making so much cash flow that they've maxed out all their other options, they've invested in a bunch of taxable regular accounts, they own some real estate, and they still have excess cash. But the average life insurance agent can't access those policies that are good for that. So unless you're in the top 1%, never invest in life insurance as an investment. And business owners are constantly being pitched these options by life insurance agents. There's a guy here in the Bay Area who does a radio show on three different radio stations. And if you go to Kiplinger's, he's one of their quote-unquote experts, but he's mm-hmm. paid. He's paying to do it. He's not paid to do it. He's paying, so it's an infomercial. Um, he, he must make ridiculous amounts of money because he's advertising on ridiculously high-level platforms. Yep. Uh, you know, the, 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 the whole strategy there, too, is... First, those same guys were telling people to take money out of their homes and invest it in life insurance policies. Now they're saying, look, you didn't make any money over the last 10 years in your 401k. You should take it out and invest it in this index life insurance policy. I think they should go to jail, Rob. I think that those types of people are the reason why the Department of Labor had to get involved in 401ks and investing and why you know, they sh- they're requiring full disclosure. And there's businesses flat out shutting down as a part of the Department of Labor attacking it. So hopefully they get theirs when it comes to the Department of Labor, SEC, and FINRA all kind of coming together and attacking those types of people. Tony Robbins uses the word fiduciary. He's obviously a life coach, and I think if you need a life coach, you're kind of in trouble in life. Um, And a life coach ain't going to do much except for separate you from your money. Is Tony Robbins moving into, is he moving into the fiduciary because there's no more suckers to get to sign up for life coaching experiences? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about the life coaching experiences. I mean, I've, I haven't gone to an event and pulled, you know, burned my feet on the coal or anything like that. But um, he he did. He partnered with an RAA firm, a registered investment advisory firm, which is what New Focus Financial is that um, talks about the fiduciary standard. Um, and that is make sure you're aligning your interests. The person that you're, you're getting advice from, you know, they're putting your best interest first. They're acting as a fiduciary. 
So the good thing is, is he's bringing out to the forefront in a mass media way the stuff that I've been talking about since I was 19 years old. I got into the business on the commission side, and I just I didn't like it. I, I loved the business, but I was questioning constantly all of the products that people were telling me that I should sell. Like, why would I do that when I've got Vanguard? Why would I do that when I need to, you know, I could charge an hourly fee? Why would I do, you know? It, and so I, was, I, I wasn't a fan of salesmen back in the day. And I still really am not when it comes to financial planning or even, you know, being a business owner and finding a consultant. Um, so he's doing, he is doing a, a, a good thing bringing that word fiduciary out into the public. It's, it's very important, especially as a business owner. Not only do you need to build a team of fiduciaries, a good attorney, a good CPA, a good certified financial planner, but you end up being a fiduciary the minute that you offer a 401k plan to your employees, and a lot of owners don't realize that. Okay. Um, let me think about that for just a second. I know a lot of people have come up to me and asked me before, my 401k stinks. And I'm like, uh-huh. take it to the CEO or take it to the HR. You know, Write it down and say, I want better options. I don't want you know, six... Five five and a half percent of Meripride, not a per. Who's the company that used to do the uh, big fat loads? The big fat loans. Loads. Oh, all of them. <laughs> I mean, any any mutual funds, any insurance companies. Uh, a lot of uh, insurance companies really created the the first roadway into four hundred one k plans and kind of quartered that market. Okay, I want to say the American funds were the ones that I'm thinking, but I it, it's been a while since I've played with mutual funds. If that makes any sense. Yeah. American Funds was the only loaded mutual fund company that I respected back when that's all that was really out there because their internal fees were much, much lower and you got the more you invested, the more the loads would go away. So it's, you know, the the idea of paying loads, I mean, Merrill Lynch, because of the Department of Labor saying that you can't take money and roll it from a 401k to an IRA and charge people horrendous commissions, Merrill Lynch just ditched their commission-based IRA business. They just told all of their advisors, you can't do it anymore. So what are some of the obligations that the, um, I guess that HR has to enforce as well as the CEO, maybe the board of a small company? What are some yep. of the obligations they have to their employees? Well, the obligations that they have, first of all, they have a 401k service provider. And a lot of times they might have the investment side, they might have the TPA side, um, but they, the provider has to now create a very clear list of fees that are inside the plan to the employer. And the employer now has a duty and obligation to present a very clear list of fees of what's going on in the 401k plan to the employees. And a lot of companies still are not doing that, even though that's been the law since about 2012, I think. Um, So there's a very specific form that needs to be distributed every year that shows the internal fees. And I I run into plans, Rob, where the employees are paying 2% a year out of their account to invest in their 401k. And companies, New York Life is being sued by their own employees for offering horrible funds that are too high fees inside their their plan. QuickBooks Connect, we're going to be talking a lot about this, business owners. There's a lot of great speakers, Michael Phelps, Shaquille O'Neal, Tony Hawk, Simone Biles. You can get in, go to QuickBooks Connect 2016, and then you can use the term connect. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone, a zone, a zone, a zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off of it, moving so phenomenally. Come on, like the way we rock it, so don't stop. And under the lights, when everything goes, nowhere to 
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. Final segment for the day. Talking a little bit about QuickBooks Connect 2016.com. Big event next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Or a better way of saying that, 24th, 25th, 26th. You can sign up at QuickBooks Connect 2016.com. Discount code is CONNECT. Um, meet me, meet Shaquille O'Neal. Um, guy named Tony Block. Nah, Tony Hawk, skateboarder, we all know. Um, it's a pretty impressive list of people, but the standout there has to be CFP, Chad Burton. Oh, I, I would agree. Or or just the idea that you might be able to see me standing next to Shaquille O'Neal, and that's going to be funny. I'm with you on that one. I didn't know you were such a celebrity chaser. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not. I mean, Tony Hawk just, you know, definitely not only a childhood hero because of the skating, but a phenomenal businessman. I mean, the guy has taken his brand, his name, and he's exploded it beyond himself. It, it will last longer than he does. Yeah. He's a big Howard Stern fan. I know that. I heard him uh, on Stern once, and it was pretty phenomenal that, you know, the the level of detail he puts into his businesses um, on a personal level. His video games, not so much. Um, I think he just licenses his name on those. But uh, Right. Uh, with that being said, let's talk a little bit more business because this is our last segment. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, let, let me run through a couple of things. When when employers offering a small businesses, so, okay, my employees need a retirement plan. I need to put in a 401k. Um, again, stop using insurance agents to do that because what they're going to do is they're going to end up putting you into something that looks really easy to manage called a group annuity. Okay. And then all of a sudden your employees are going to be paying 2% plus in fees and in internal fees that you don't see. Um, the first thing, though, is that there's, when you have a 401k plan, it's called a 5500. That's the tax return that has to be filed every year, clear list of fees and kind of like, you know, the assets in the plan. Mm-hmm. The person that signs that is now consider, is considered a fiduciary. Okay. And so I want the CFOs out there to listen to this because the CFOs are typically the people that are signing the 5500 form for any corporation that's out there. And the CFOs, whoever signs that tax return, can be personally liable for violations of fiduciary laws. So if you're not providing clear list of fees to the employer and the employees, if you're part of the retirement committee that should meet at least once a year, if you're offering a 401k to review the choices in the 401k and review the funds, so people on the retirement committee, they're also a fiduciary. And not only can the company be uh, sued by their employees for offering a horrible plan or or expenses that are way too high, but the person that signs the 5500 or people that are considered part of a fiduciary can be personally liable for this stuff. And if anything, the Department of Labor is attacking this. First, they're starting with advisors, and then they're going to go right up the line with uh, 401k uh, providers, which are the companies, Rob. So people really have to take a look at their, their whole plan, their 401k plan. Who's the service provider? In other words, who's the investment provider? Is it directly through a Vanguard or a TD Ameritrade, or is it through an insurance company like a principal or a New York Life? Um, are they providing the clear list of fees to the employees? And and really just know what you're, you're liable for if something goes wrong. Since we're running out of time, are there any topics that you want to hit on? Because we're not going to be able to get to all of them. Yeah, so small businesses, they can, you know, if they have less than a million in the plan, they can look at some of the robo 401k options that are out there. Okay. 
You can get it, you know, somewhere around eight to twenty bucks per participant as a charge, but the internal fees are really low. Once you are a company, and if you add up all of the balances of all the employee accounts, and they're over a million, that's when your your options are unlimited. That's when it's a great idea to um, make sure that you have an advisor that's a fiduciary that's going through the investment offerings for you. Um, and, and then a third party provider that's doing the accounting and the fee reporting and everything else. So you need to just take a look at your plans. If you're a sole proprietor, if you're a person that's self-employed, you can do a individual 401k for free and get a lot of money put away pre-tax. If you're a sole proprietor, that's say 45 or older, no employees, you can do a defined benefit plan and put away hundreds of thousands of dollars pre-tax if you make a lot of money. So there's a lot of options out there, but just don't get the information from the insurance agents. Get it from a team of fiduciaries that you build, your CFP, your CPA, your attorney. What's difficult about that is we all know insurance agents, and they all come around, whether they're friends or family or the guy down the hallway. You know, when you're starting a small business, sometimes you're renting a room, and oddly enough, five rooms down is the insurance guy. How can you tell when the insurance guy is, I'm not going to say dirty, but how can you tell when you don't want to work with that person? Well, the, the issue is is that you you want to get your advice from somebody that's not selling you the insurance. Okay. And then they, you know, then use the insurance agent what they're for. Say, look, I don't want to talk about anything else. I need my term life insurance, or I need my disability insurance, or my overhead policy. Um, I need my health insurance. You know, those types of things. So don't just when the insurance agent starts getting into the world of investment advice. Uh huh. They might even believe what they're talking about, Rob, because they went through the training. And the training's so good that they believe it because you have to be able to believe in something to be able to sell it. They just might not know the different options. So they're not, they're not necessarily bad people. They just might not know all of the options that are out there. I think Justin Bieber will be at the con- uh, conference. <laughs> oh, man, I hope not. We've got 30 seconds. So thanks very much, CFP Chad Burton. I'll see you next week, or I'm sorry, I'll see you Tuesday the 25th. Monday the 24th through the 26th at the QuickBook Connect conference. You can sign up for the event by going to QuickBooksConnect2016.com. You could use the password Connect to get a 50% discount. It's QuickBooksConnect.com. No, 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 QuickBooksConnect2016. Oh, it's confusing. Just search for QuickBooks Connect. You'll find it. I promise. Password is Connect. You can find CFP Chad Burton at NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.